Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. I have a very special guest. You guys know her from Beverly Hills 90210 as the character of Andrea Zuckerman and over 30 television shows and films and a huge career in animation and also now the president of Screen Actors Guild slash AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA, that's how I'm going to say it, the president of SAG-AFTRA, and she's talking with me. You guys, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, I'm so honored and blessed and grateful to have you. Please welcome Gabrielle Cateras. Thank you so much. I'm actually very honored and blessed to be here, so thank you. Oh, I'm so happy to have you, and there's so much I want to discuss on different levels because people who are listening, they want to know about your acting career and how it parlayed into your give back as being the president as a free job. That's right, to free. All People the think actors. I get paid, but it is free. Right, it sure. is a donated mm-hmm. immense amount of your time to give back and help the actors out there have a platform and a uh, connection with the world, yes? Well, I actually think, I have to tell you, uh, I hope that it helps the actors out there but I also want to say how much our members really helped me actually have empowered me so I just finished shooting 90210 BH 90210 the reboot right and um because I work with members who are, and we're all struggling, you know, it doesn't matter how big people are, it doesn't matter how small, we're all, whatever that journey is, mm-hmm. we're all in struggle and trying to, what is it we want next? How do we get there? Are we doing it right? Whatever it is. But um, because I go and I advocate for members and I really, you know, I see that my issues are their issues and their issues are mine. So when I was doing the show, there was some stuff that was going on in the show. Before even we started, I advocated for myself. I said, you know, look, I'm happy to do this as long as it's favored nations. Mm -hmm. When I started the show, 90210, all the years back, it wasn't that way. There was a real pay discrepancy between the men and the women. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? That's... We're an ensemble, right? It's BS, right? So I'm like, no, I'm happy to do it, but I, I am of the same worth and I want to be able to you know speak to that that took incredible courage to say because I wanted to do the job right so that's the thing is actors you know I always say that that's what the union does make sure you get paid because actors would do it for free and I don't want to do it for free well I would never if I was an actor do it for free but some a lot of actors would do it for free because yeah but there's yeah I think it's it's not even just free it's the idea that you if there's something Take what you, you really get. want, right? Yeah. And you're thinking, this is, I love what I'm doing so much, that's my pay, but it's not. Mm-hmm. There is a value to what you do. So do you think because of all this learning that you've learned mm-hmm. by being the president, all the terms and all the, you know, all the forms and all that stuff, it made you stronger to ask for what you needed? I think that when I see, yes, I think what it really was is that speaking out for other members and their mm. needs and being able to hear that other people were having the same issues that I wasn't alone. You see, mm. because that's what this business does, right? We're actually isolated. We all work together, but we only work together as long as we're in the same space and then mm. we move on. Mm. So there's this real isolation and that self-empowerment mm. is not, you know, people get that usually by being around other people. Mm. And so... To have that self-empowerment, that came from our members. I think working with our members and knowing that I'm not alone and thinking, how could I go and ask people to step up and lean into their lives if I'm not doing it for myself? That's beautiful. It was great for me. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What what led you, and I want to go back 
since we're talking about your presidency, but what led you, and then I'll talk about your acting, but what led you to the, to the want, to the desire of this um, job? Oh, first of all, I never imagined, I didn't even want, this was my, <laughs> I didn't even know that, I did not know that, I thought the union was this separate entity that created <laughs> contracts and yeah. I just came to do the contracts. I had no idea members were a part of, there was a board and presidency and I believe now in the presidency, I've recognized anybody who aspires to be the president should not be the president because it's not a role to aspire to. Mm. I think to be of service, this is just where I ended up coming into being of service, but it started... How? Uh, 11 years ago, I was yes. shooting a film okay. in Canada, mm-hmm. and um, I was in a fight scene, and this day player picked me up on my neck and partially paralyzed me. Oh, what? And I lost my ability to speak, and I um, I had a movement disorder. I still have a lot of uh, weakness, but now I'm able to speak and do my right. stuff. Right. So during that period of time, I was at UCLA Movement Disorder Clinic, and they were working with me. Because what would they do? It pinched a nerve? What did it do? They didn't know if I had had a hangman fracture. I don't know what it was. And oh. so it was really, though, extreme. And yeah. so I wasn't able to work. And wow. uh, that was so disruptive. I had been working. I was lucky, you know, is a, through my adult life, I had never not worked. And um, suddenly I wasn't able to work. And um, somebody asked if I wanted to uh, be, on, you know, sub for somebody on the board of the union of AFTRA at the time, right. the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Yes. And I said, uh, uh, okay, well, I don't know a lot about it. I realized once I went in that I do know because I do the work. So what we do is, you know, all we have to do is really participate in our careers. So it's so interesting that because you had this life-changing experience, which right. when I coach actors, I always tell them to pick somebody that's led them to where they are today. So because of that accident, it, it led totally. you to where you are today. So when God shuts a door, she opens a window, right? Yes. And I think that I say to my girls, because I have children, and I always say, you've got to lean into yes. Yeah. Always say yes to everything. And then if you go, you know, that it, it's through that you'll discover what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And it may lead you to places you never imagined. But like this. Know, right. <laughs> Right. I mean, how is that and possible? It's, and it's been, look at, I was a part, once I became a part of the board at AFTRA. So that, that parlayed, your injury parlayed you to that, that and to then, being asking to go to the board, and then you uh, came on the board, and then? And then I uh, met a group of people who wanted to merge the unions, mm, SAG and AFTRA. Right. And I was like, yeah, why would I have, I hate the idea of having two unions. My earnings were being split between, you know, my health care and my pension. I want one place. I don't want my union to define me. I want to define myself through my work with one place to go. This is ridiculous. We're fighting amongst ourselves. Right. And the producers, of course, the employers love that because it weakens our negotiating abilities. Yes, we must merge. Uh-huh. And so I became a part of that team. And then I got onto both boards. I became the president of AFTRA. And you felt inspired by that. Did you feel like I it did. became a, uh, a passion? I feel, I think that um, there is no higher calling than being of service. So, I totally agree. That's so, what my job is, yeah. of being of service. It is. What that's you all do, I do is all, day all days, you're helping people to be Correct. better at what they're doing. Yes. And I think that uh, for me, that was really, a, I didn't realize it awoke a thing in me that was mm. really uh, empowering. And then I worked on the uh, team, the G1, the group to form one union. And we traveled around the country. You know, we tried over six times in history to merge the unions. But this time, this group that came together, um, we went, it's called Unite for Strength, and we came in and we said, this is it. And we started working with the membership, talking about it. We started to, you know, really uh, create what we thought would be 
the ideal new union for mm. us. We talked and engaged with members, and um, we won it over 80%. Was of there the pushback on that? Oh, my God. Well, what was the pushback about? Because I think a lot of people hear stories, right. but they don't know the true facts. So from your mouth to their ears, tell well, us. Well, so I got involved not because of politics, right? Uh, right. So for me, I didn't understand the pushback. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I first got onto the SAG board, people used to say, Oh, she's too uh, after. And I would like, well, what does that mean? Like, I make my most of my earnings actually in, on SAG contracts, so I'm yeah. not quite sure what you mean. And I and they would say, you know, we're some people would say, look, at, we are screen actor guilds, we are performers, actors, and I said that's what I am. But they felt that you know we don't need broadcasters because after covered broadcasters, we don't need people who aren't actors. And I'm like, you're mistaken. Because this is uh, this is an industry. Anybody in front of the camera, anybody behind the mic, we are all working for the same employers. Mm-hmm. We should be together. Mm-hmm. Our power comes in our unity. Mm-hmm. Our power comes. That's our strength. But what was the fear? So, what were they? There was fear there of was, losing money. A fear. No, they of... didn't want broadcast. They, I'm not a broadcaster. One of the uh, people who was very well known at the time at SAG said, "You know." I'm not going to go, I don't care about the broadcasters in Peoria. What was so funny about that when I became the president after for the local, I actually went to Peoria to help negotiate the contract for the smallest broadcast um, station. But because I believe that everybody deserves to work with dignity. I believe that everybody deserves to have a fair wage and to take care of their families. And I think that when we fight for those things, it allows people to have the creative genius Mm. because they're not trapped behind that fear of failure if they know they can make a living. And so what were people afraid of though? I can't tell you. I will never know. You don't understand Because I've I've talked to them. And when they say, you know, well, it's ridiculous, you know, and, but I said, we've merged the health plans. Yeah. Now people, you know, more people are, are, are qualifying for the health plan. The pension plans, we're now working on how do we, you know, do we create a merged pension plan or do we create a third arm? This is something the trustees are working on. We need to do this work. And if we never got together, we would never be in the process. And then people get very impatient. Well, why haven't we done it now? And I said, you know, you want it to be responsible. Yes. I mean, you can go and say, let's do it now. But if you do it wrong, it's done. Backfire. Right. Yeah. So I think there, it's a really, it's been a really interesting process for me. And during that whole period of time when we merged the unions and then I became a uh, I was elected as the executive vice president, and Ken Howard was the president at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was... Was uh, it an incredible unity that you guys had? Was it a great bond? Did you feel so inspired by this well, work that it, you've done so far? It was It was really... When we merged the union, so everybody, we had a big party at my house, and Ken jumped into the pool with his clothes on, and this was like <laughs> this big thing, and everybody was like, we did it, we did it. I cried. Oh, and, but then... But that feeling. But people said, this is great, and I said, oh, you guys, you're mistaken. I want you to know something. This is not what makes us strong. This is not the end. It is just the beginning, mm. and if you thought this was hard, the work is just beginning, and I have to tell you, that is true to form. I have been doing this now. We've been 11 years, 12 years. God, 2012 You've been doing we this, and this is a job of service, and you put in a lot of hours and a investment lot. and care and mm. love and passion. Does mm. Do you feel, um, like, I mean, do you feel wonderful, basically, is the question. Do you feel wonderful? Do you feel challenged? Do you feel... Do I definitely you, feel challenged. Yes. I feel it's elevated and lifted me in a place that I never would have ever planned in my life. Mm-hmm. I think that it is really brought out an essence in me that I didn't know in that leadership. And it's given me, uh, look at I'm a woman of a certain age. Yeah. And that I feel gorgeous too. No, thank you. But I feel, uh, I feel like I'm redefining. 
And I feel like I feel we're at a time right now, a very interesting time for women in our country and in yes, the world. Of course. And so to be able to be in a place where I can be help to facilitate and raise people up into their power is really uh, for me is profoundly moving. what is what is one thing that resonates with you that you feel that you've done for women just a little bit is there anything that you could be specific about there are actually several things but one is you know clearly the sexual harassment and what's gone on yes. uh, from Weinstein on we've literally when we talk about that happened just two years ago and where the union was and what we have accomplished in putting in our contracts and the guidelines we've created and our code of conduct. I actually speak around the world on um, sexual harassment now in terms of our rights as performers. Mm -hmm. I was in Japan with uh, the Japanese actors and when they came to me crying, women came crying and I didn't understand what they were saying and I brought in translators and our lawyers so I could understand and they were saying, you don't know how oppressed we are here and how terrible and you know that we have no voice and to be able to speak to them and I did a keynote speech which I Mm. actually rewrote when I was there because I was so moved and I said you know I think that I what I when I was able to share with them it was profound for me Mm. Um, and there was a woman who said to me um, I want you to know I'm going to start a sexual harassment work group here in Japan Mm. and I was just with her and she said she did that. That is amazing. That's speaking against the government. It is. Yes. So I think I'm proud to be able to walk with um, our other women and great men who help us through yes. all that. But I, um, so I feel very proud about that. I feel very proud about the negotiations we've done. I never imagined that I would be chairing negotiations. Our commercials were um, actually kind of dying for us as members. Yes. And we redid a new contract this year that is... Is that going to help again? We already have... Me- uh, um, advertisers coming back to the contract calling oh. us saying we can't and, and it's revenue neutral we created a contract that our members are not going to lose money as a result but it's more experimental so what is it can we speak yes it's it? just different because um, I know there's been a loss of commercial oh, it, um, hundreds of thousands of jobs and dollars for the actors they're coming no and they're coming back so actors come to me now saying oh my god i'm doing for the first time i'm doing national net auditions again and i'm so excited i can't believe it i just booked a job so what was it though what did you do what happened for why were they going away they were going away so we had to ask that question yeah you know that's a hard question because that means you have to face the truth right so we brought in casting directors and we brought in the employers we brought in um advertising agencies and we said why are you not wanting to work with us Mm. and they told us they talked to us about all the different things we brought the members in we wanted them to hear it Mm. we didn't want them to think that this was something that was just being created they had to hear the conversation and then to the members credit they sat down and they started around the country to say well this is what they're having a problem with they're they want to be able to have leeway because of new media and digital and they need to have a little more freedom in the way they use that so they really we worked on this as the members all worked together they pulled not they pulled their checks together in our mm. negotiations mm. because they said we want to see what's myth and you know what we're just thinking mm. is true and what's really true then we worked with our research department and the members actually helped to create another lane another contract that people could buy into, the uh, advertisers could buy into. That's fascinating to me because I had no idea. And all my yeah. actors that would come here going, oh my gosh, it's totally we're not changed. making any money in commercials major, anymore. Major advertisers, actually, and I can't This is incredibly right now, exciting the, it is. news. They called the union and they said, we would like to come back. Oh. And so we have 
So do you bringing... see a transformation for 2020? It's going to be almost oh. back to where it was, or is it starting now? It's starting. What I can tell you is we just did this negotiation, and already we've seen an 11% increase in the pension. Oh. So that means that we something is happening. There oh. is an increase, and we can see... We're seeing it much sooner than we thought. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that is exciting because yeah. I really believe that um, this was really key for me. When I came in, all I heard people say is, you know, we got to strike. We deserve this. We got to strike. And I'm like, that word is very <sighs> painful. So painful. It is. Have these actors been around during the writer's strike? Right. And during the other actors' strike? It is. Strike is not leverage. Oh. It's the threat of strike. But yes. then what are you going to do with that, right? right? So for me, what in my presidency, which has been really important, is saying, I need strategy. Mm. So when we did like the video game um, strike, we actually promulgated another contract so people can still come into it. We could work. Ah. Our members never stopped working. Beautiful. That was meaningful, right? Yes. Because that gave them the wherewithal yes. to stay moving forward. The people who and said they didn't want, and the people who didn't want to do the negotiation, yes. we said, we're, we're going to keep going. And they were seeing all this talent still being used. It was an incredible, that was the strength. Oh. The strength in our commercial negotiations came from going in early, having members really engaged with creating a new concept. What can we strategically look at? Let's hear what the real problems are. Yeah. And let's not go and be so proud to say, well, that's BS. But right. really hear it. And then let's problem solve so you're Let's, here you are here for the actors so any backlash you get in my opinion uh, is caca, caca. because <laughs> you, <laughs> that's such a good word caca <laughs> <laughs> because you're an actress you're yeah. an actor you want the best for actors for and along the way i mean i think there's still issues on payment on netflix mm-hmm. and you know um, netflix is actually so we just promulgated a new con. I mean, we just promulgated our first contract with Netflix. Okay, tell so us. Net- so Netflix always was the studio uh-huh. that was actually um, they they weren't. You have to remember they didn't start in making their own um, product. Mm-hmm. They were always taking other people's products. Mm-hmm. So they were using our members, but through different parties. Got it. Now they're starting to develop their own product, right? And so um, we actually just negotiated a con- so a contract with Netflix. Netflix is is not a part of the AMPTP. That's NBC, CBS, ABC. Mm-hmm. We we do a, a negotiation with the AMPTP. That's TV theatrical, and we're going to be coming up to that. Netflix is not a part of that. Or Amazon, or Amazon is now. Okay, go ahead. So Netflix, we actually just negotiated a contract that's even better than the contract we have with the AMPTP. Oh, so that and means a pay Well, we have residual. It's, it's actually the residuals, oh, the residuals end up better in uh, broadcast uh, period than Beautiful. for TV. But not only that, we have coverage in... Um, so they do a lot of, you know, it's a global industry. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, voiceover that's done, mm-hmm. you know, um, for shows to go make, you know, from French to English or whatever. That was not covered work. And Netflix covered that work. So we have thousands of new jobs coming back to our members oh. that they never had before. And we have a performance I'm so capture. happy to hear I'm this. I'm because you, this is it's, amazing It's stuff. amazing, 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 because it feels like, as an acting coach and having a studio and seeing all my coaches and classes come in, it seems like there's so much more abundance of work, there but is. yet less work accessible. I don't understand. There is more work out there. And, you know, there's different levels of things going on. Some of it is, you know, we're working in an ageist industry. Yeah. So some people really have a hard time recognizing that, you know, we go through phases. And that's something that I fight all the time is ageism. I mean, I've gone to change laws on that or whatever, but 
that discriminatory aspect is really a truth about our business and people don't want to hear that they say my business has changed we say but it really hasn't changed it's yeah. the fact is you're getting older yes. or you know we go through periods of time when there's more ethnicity than yes. you know you know where there used to be all white than people who now it's they're going with people of color rightfully so because I want you to know those people didn't have access. For many, so, many, 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 many years. Many, many years. And so but to when, me, I always think it should be the best actor that gets the job. It's, it's just, true, but there's... It's just but, crazy to me But they're doing an but artist. Thematically, they're, you know what? But I understand the flip side of that. But yeah, it just still, hasn't been a reality. I mean, yeah. I, I would like to say that. You know, I lost jobs. I remember I was up for a job and they said we went ethnic. And I was like, oh my God, because they said you were great. And I was like, but wait a minute, I fight for that. Yes. And so I, I'm hoping that I there just really believe in equality for everybody. But it That's will happen. Yes, but it I will. believe. I think and you I... have to skew. You skewed one way, and then you skew another, and then you find the balance. Yeah. And we, we I are think the balance is that. coming. Don't you think? I agree. I think it is. I think you're doing wonderful work. And can we talk a little bit about the the latest? That and then we're going to go into acting. But <laughs> a little bit of that stressfulness to get reelected. Can you speak oh. on terms of any of the ridiculous? energy and negativity or positivity about it because it seems like it stems mm. from where our world is right now and from the so-called leader who's created so much negativity so and anger and bias and everything negative do you think that's the trickle-down effect and i i, I so, feel can that we talk on that yeah i think that you know uh politics it's very interesting what comes first the chicken or the egg i think that um you know i think Right now in our politics, we see a lot of uh, things that happen and they incite violence or they incite racism. And in our politics in the union, I don't think it's very unlike that. Mm -hmm. And um, in this election cycle, again, you know, I wasn't going to run again. Ah. Um, and it was about eight months ago. Because you weren't going to run because you were... Well, it's not a This is not a, an aspiration for me. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I came into... Your voice for, the, for, the, for us. Well, but I, I, I came in here as, you know, it, it was not something I ever knew existed. I came in because I really believe in it. I believe what we did. When we first merged the unions, we had a facilitator from Rutgers University mm. who said, um, so Gabrielle, what do you want to do? You know, when we merged, I said, I think I'm going to be finished. And she said, oh, no, you can't do that. She mm. said, if you care about this merger, she said, there's a period of time where uh, oh. it can fail. And oh. she talked about unions that had merged around the country where that happened. Mm. She said, if you really care about this, you're going to have to stick it out for a certain period of time. Oh. I thought that time was just past. And then I recognized, uh, oh, you know, I, I really did fight hard for this. Yeah. And um, I realized, you know, uh, actually that time where we're on the precipice of really moving forward and really embracing the future and being empowered or falling back to where people felt comfortable but does not serve us anymore, it's mm. not relevant, mm. that moment is now. Mm. And if we are to move forward and be empowered with courage and with the courage and the real understanding, we might not know the answers, mm. that we might fail, that you know we will fail in some places but we'll rise in others. With all of that, that takes uh, that took training. That mm. took the 11 years of my service or it's 10 now. years. Right? And so I realized that now is the time why I came into service. This moment in time, I believe, was why many of us have been, we've been trained for all these years. And so I decided to, uh, you know, go through this period of time because I really believe that we are in an exceptional time. As I travel the country, um, you know, I work with the AFL-CIO, I'm on the executive committee, 
I see that we are a leading voice in unionism in this country where we saw unionism, you know, created the middle class, the working mm -hmm. class, then it was being torn apart. Mm -hmm. And now there's, you know, a resurgence of desire, but our union is leading the way. We need to give hope. Yeah. I mean, we have a bigger responsibility than just to ourselves, where some people will say, I only care about me. Well, you know, the mistake is, if you only care about you, then you, nobody cares about you. Yeah. And so... So you've reinstated yourself to right. finish what you started. Finish, which finish is it, to and empower those up. to go and move forward. Yes. I think it is an exciting, challenging time, and um, I'm super excited. And we're, I'm so happy. happy to have you. Now, can we segue into your actor? Okay, yeah, the actor in you, yeah, because yeah. you know, even though you do this great job, you're an artist. Yeah, you're an artist who loves artistry. Yeah. So. How are you loving just finishing up doing 90210 that again? Was, awesome. was that crazy? That was life-changing. That was... Tell us what. Well, and you know what? So you have to think about it. So 90210 really was uh, transforma transformative for me in my life. Right. It definitely allowed me to be in this time here. Right. But on the other side of that, when I got injured, I lost a lot of my sense of self-worth. Ah. It was very painful. I mean to be so deformed, to have my movement stuff, oh. to be in public and people recognize me, people laughed. I mean, it was very uncomfortable. Oh, wow. And then um, and then in coming of service, our job, you know, in our leadership, we always talk about this in the union service. It should be family, work, and union. But when you're doing the work, it's, sometimes it's hard to remember I got to do my work. Sometimes it's hard to go and say I have to give time to my family because even though we do it for free, you take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people's lives here, yes. right? So I think that um, for me, coming into 90210 was like a rebirth. It yeah. was closing uh, circles. Coming full circle. Totally. Yeah. Closing circles, really coming in with a discovered voice to, uh, I was able to help design my character right for this time around. She was dynamic and exciting. I thought mm -hmm. she was really relevant. Um, and that was exciting for me. It was important for me to work because it's important for me to remember why I'm here. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't, again, this is not meant to be a career. This isn't meant to be a place, a path of support and help. Mm -hmm. But then also I need to live my life. Yes, so of course. this has uh, been really I feel like God truly loves me and I feel blessed and I loved, loved, loved. I can't even tell you every day. And it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to do the show. We were writing the show on the set. Wow. We were doing everything and it would be nights like, I don't know if it's working, whatever. But I said, no matter what, I feel like I, I found my life in yeah. a way that's, I feel very lucky. I you, can't even tell you how lucky I feel. Yeah. That's so incredible. And so when you did get it, I think it started in 1990. The 1990. First one? Yeah, 1990. Oh my God. Yes. So you, there, the characters, you were playing a, a, a character in her teens. Wait, I was 29. Yes. And I lied about my age. Yes. And, oh, you we, did? You lied. We did not have IMBD at the time. And that's why I. Which is. To, can we get that off? Can we get that well, age I, thing I off? I did, you know, I. I got a law passed here. Yes. I worked with um, Governor Brown on it. And? And then Amazon uh, is now um, fighting that law. We're in a lawsuit along with California against IMDb. So we're trying. So you're supposed to be able to remove your age. We said, look, this is a hiring site. It's discriminatory. You're not allowed to discriminate Agreed. according to age. Right. Because um, age is just a number. Right. No one needs to know what it well, is. But they are. So says we, I. So, <laughs> so they were fighting that. So yeah. that's where we're in the midst of a lawsuit right now. Oh, now. okay. So, but anyway, during that time, it wasn't nine oh two. I did a whole uh, TED talk on this actually. Oh. On, um, that what happened there but anyway so well, how do we find that TED talk what oh, is it TED talk Gabrielle Carteris that okay. was like 
four years ago. Okay, well, great. So yeah. go check it out. But yes, go, go check ahead. it out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you had to lie. So I lied about my age, and then when I I was up for the part of Andrea and Brenda. Okay. So I, uh, you know, I had a different top to change into, and I was very <laughs> nervous. I get very very nervous in my auditions, which we'll talk about next, right? Yes. So um, anyway, so I went. Then I won't tell you that process. Yes. I went and I auditioned, and I um, got the role of Andrea. And on my and how old were you playing? Sixteen. And you were twenty nine. So on my contract, I call the lawyer and I say, can I say, um, you know, can I sign this? I don't have my mother here, my father. Um, if I say I'm 21, because I thought that would be okay. Yeah. And he said, if, as long as you're over 21, it's okay. So I put 21 oh. and I, you know, put that in. And then I uh, got the show. And it was about that same year, People Magazine, just when our show was starting to take off, came to do an interview on somebody and they uh, had asked me a question and then asked my age and I said I, I don't play age I play character I thought that was so like brilliant <laughs> right so. and the the writer called me uh, a couple days later and said I just want you to know we have somebody in the uh, DMV who actually has told us your age and we'll be printing it and I freaked out I said please don't do that if you do it'll ruin my life I'll lose the job and cut to the fact the show was just starting to take off um, later on, I was told by a producer if they had known my age, I would not have gotten the role. Yes. But um, as did a result, it come out? Did they print it? Did, it did come out. They didn't care. I had everybody Why writing that. Why did they do that, that though? Why? Because was... it was more important to print that age than Why? Why? What goes on in was. human nature that wants to it hurt somebody? It was devastating. I, don't, yes. I can't even tell you. I cried. I begged. Yes. I begged. Yes. But I didn't lose my job. Right. Thank and, God. Um, thank God. And so I, that was how I got 90210. And then when I, it was in my fifth year... Rupert Murdoch, who owned Fox at the time, mm-hmm. had, um, I love talk shows. And I don't know how, he must have heard that from somebody. And he called me into his office and he said, how would you like to do a, a talk show? That He actually brought me in in the third year. Really? And I said. I didn't know this. Yeah. Interesting. So I said to him, you only want me because 90210 is, is hot. But I said, I really want to ride on the, with 90210 a little bit longer. And I said, because uh, I, I'm not sure about it. So it was in my fifth year after I had, had my first child, mm. and I really felt the difference since yes. I was older. Now yes. I was in my thirties, yes. and the girls were so beautiful, and I'm like breastfeeding, so my breasts <laughs> are leaking in my pictures, and I'm lying about my age, and I'm like devastated. I'm like, it's time to move on, and I went to Rupert, and they said, I'm, I'm ready uh, if you want to do it. And so I did for Fox. I did like 200 episodes. I had my own show. What what show is it, it was called? called? Gabrielle. And I've got to go look that up. Uh, oh my god! I hated it looking at oh it now. My gosh. I'd be so much better now. But then, of course, anyway, we get yeah. better with age. But, of course. Um, but that was really an interesting time. And then after that, I had my second child, mm-hmm. and then I started doing a lot of uh, movies of the week. Was but was that two one zero one of your first jobs? It couldn't have been. It was. It was I, your first big done, job? My first big like I had done uh, after school specials they had yes. at the time. So yes. in New York, I lived in New York. I did a lot of theater. Uh, okay, so but, your training is based from theater, and it is. But which... I did a show like uh, What If I'm Gay? It's called. I did uh. like two after school specials. Oh, okay. But I didn't have anything else. In fact, they were nervous. So this about was a game changer. This was, was a, a life changing on all levels. And when of I got everything. the part, I remember getting on my knees. I was offered, you know, what's called feast or famine, right? I was offered a a show in. Uh, in Orange, what's the theater in Orange County? Um, uh, La Jolla Playhouse? No, not the Pasadena. San no. Diego. Anyway, it's a big theater. I can't think of it. I was offered a show there, and I was offered a show at Lincoln Center. At the same time. At the same time, six of degrees course. of separation. And then, oh, and then I, I was offered. 
I was offered uh, another series that Dr. Ruth Westheimer was doing. That's all happened in one week. And I said... Feast I, or famine, you feast guys. Feast or famine. So sure. I went, I thought, you know, um, I don't want to stay in New York. I was living in New York when I got the show. I don't want to stay in New York. And I, you know, this is Aaron Spelling. He did like yeah. everything he touches is gold. And I didn't want to do Dr. Ruth Westheimer. I hated the show. <laughs> and I thought this will be just compromising myself. And um, in the play, I would have tried to do both, but I really wanted to do this show. I tell you, you know, so much of life is being prepared for luck, mm -hmm. but so much of it is luck, right? Yeah. So I just chose wisely. But you have to sit in that calm focus for a second to make that decision. It is really hard because yeah. it's, it, it's life-changing. Because and, if you didn't say yes to that, you'd still be in New York. And right. You and that might have been great. Not, would have not been the president here. No. And, and I might have been a big, and, maybe I would have done stage. At the time when I was in New York, there wasn't a lot of television. So maybe I yes. would have been doing theater. I didn't want to do regional theater anymore. Right. I wanted to. I wanted a life. Yeah. I wanted, I liked TV. Yeah. I wanted, this was the life crazy. that was right for me. Yeah. So what's some advice you give some actors out there to, you know, to survive this, to stay? Mm -hmm. I mean, my book is coming off. It's a positive path for actors okay. to stay on that rhythm, to train. Mm -hmm. What's some advice? Well, I think and you then I want to also classes. talk about your auditioning, then okay. getting your nerves and conquering those nerves. Well, I think that everybody, I mean, if I could right now, I don't have time, but I think people should take classes always because I think I you're, you've got to keep yourself alive. And um, I would say also you should have uh, a job that makes money mm. because there's nothing worse than a desperate actor. Mm -hmm. you have, and you should be doing something that you... And so there's so many great opportunities to have other jobs and oh sales God. and everything. There's, I mean, there's a million ways to find yourself. I mean, walk into a place and say, you know, I used to say to people, if you can't afford a class, ask if you can help clean the studios. Yeah. There's a million ways for you to be able to actually thrive in your life. And if you're thriving, it doesn't, you know, and hopefully it's something you like. I mean, look at life, tick tock, tick tock. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we're in the moment now. Whatever it is, you better find a way to enjoy it. Because Agreed. it's all we have. I mean, what if you don't... And it goes fast. And what if you die tomorrow? Right. And then you are waiting for what? For that thing that you thought was like, you don't even know what it looks like. So like, it's about staying in your artistry and getting and better and better life. every day and staying in your life so because our life informs our artistry doesn't it so as long as we're, it doesn't just live in our heads it actually mm -hmm. is a, an experiential that's right so it's i i just say you know don't look at it as a place that you wait for mm. i just think you have to be active and if you really love it then you're going to be doing some theater, you know, so what if it's like, I literally did I theater. I everybody. I sat behind my first thing in New York. I got a job, no pay, doing theater where I sat behind a tree stump for two hours <laughs> and the last thing, I and I stood up the, the whole time, I wait, stayed awake <laughs> to just pop up to say one word. I thought it was, you know, I don't know if that was, I was willing to do that. But Would I do you, that now? No. But Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You were no. being an actor. You were being And I was an around other actors and I was yeah. having the rehearsal process, which, you know. Don't the, isolate is a big thing. Yeah, you cannot yeah. isolate. And it's it so is dangerous. very, it is a, it can be isolating. Mm. So you want to participate and right. be involved. And even in the classes in my studio or anybody's studio, but to be around other actors and that energy it's creates beautiful. a vivacious like the best life ever. Oh, it's totally. I think it's the really. Best. It's so. And our failures are, are sometimes our greatest lessons, right? They are mm -hmm. the things that make us better. It's not being the best. It's about just keep. You know, I always say, like, even when I go into an audition, what am I going to get in this moment? If I get nothing else, 
if I can do one thing for myself, what do I want to get in this audition? And then do I achieve that in the audition? Because I don't know if I'm going to get the job. Mm-hmm. But I can go and challenge myself to, and sometimes I'm great, you know, and yeah. sometimes I suck. So let's talk about the nerves that you get. Oh okay? my God, terrible. So yeah, but there's, terrible. I mean, when I was an actress years ago too, I, it's in my book, I had to go to the gym, I had to be in a sauna, right. I had to go in the steam, I had right. to be like placid on the floor, like I could hardly peel right. myself up to just be, by the time I walked so in I the room, grounded. just to be like, right. hey, how are you? You know what I mean? So whatever it takes. So right. what, 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 what's it about for you? It, that is totally what it's like for me. <laughs> I am different. I'm That's not, why we're friends. I, like I have, I have friends who say to me, you know, and I did a lot of theater, and my anxiety level would be so high. When I did the uh, TED Talk, mm. I was so nervous. Now, I had worked on this for so long. I literally was like, I, uh, could not talk. I had to go out and start like uh, crying yes, and yes. doing, letting crying my body like, good. yeah, because I had to let go of all yes. that tension. I was like, but the minute I landed and did it, I was there, but I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah, but it's the preparation. So what do you do? So you do whatever it takes. I think that it's really important to know that A, you have to breathe, mm-hmm. and you have to breathe. And you also have to accept that nerves are okay. So if you right. try to control them, you're fine. That's And I think it's really true, and I say this, it's true in life, right? I say to my girls, uh, everybody's afraid. Everybody. And I said, so it's uh, it's not getting rid of the fear, it's being able to uh, live with courage despite your fear. Mm. And I think that if you can have no judgment around just like, I feel like so shitty right now. I do sit-ups, I do push-ups. I did mm. for 90210 in the halls of Fox, doing multiple push-ups, really, and people are looking at me. That's the only way I was able to let go of that I love stuff. it. I just had to do it. I do work out every day. I work out before my uh And auditions. you still get nervous to this day. I, and so here so you guys hear it. Yeah. Success so much, and we're all human. That's right. We all have the same basic human feelings. And sometimes it Always. feels like you're the only one. That's right. why being in the present has been so good for me. I realize I'm not alone. Like no. when I hear people talk, and I'm like, oh, that's how I feel. <laughs> oh my God, I thought that was the only one. Yeah. And that is really like, oh my God, talk about the universal <laughs> acceptance, right? Like, oh my God, I'm just one of many. And then it kind of makes it fun. And sometimes I'm not nervous. Yeah. Sometimes. What is it though when you don't really care if you get it or not? Do you think the stakes are the back, or is it just? I think it's also my just my well-being in that moment. But mm. you know, we've you've done work with me. So there's yes. times when I leave and I feel very like I'm there, and other times I'm like, oh, I feel like, you know, it's my. I'm thinking of all the wrong things. You know, right. my makeup or anything. My you think on the outside instead right. of the inside life. It's usually it's because I need to breathe yeah. and I need to. You, you fill in the, the blanks of the story. I mean, yes. you know, by saying the blanks, you got to fill in the blanks of that story. You have, you have to, to have do that the opening. Work. You have to have oh. the background. You have to have the relationships. It's really, and important. people don't all understand that. Yeah. It's very important. It's very important. And it's sometimes you think, you know, or I, for that, I shouldn't speak for other people, that oh, I've got this. That's really never true. Mm-hmm. I, I think the real. It's the come to Jesus moment and to look and say, oh, I'm afraid of this because this is painful or this is, I'm afraid of this because I don't know. This is not something I, I've been or trying to like hot- judge me. Well, or yeah, or I've been, I've been pushing that away in my real life. I don't, now I have to like face that. Yeah. Like I, that's something I try not to feel in life. And now you're saying confront that and be there with it. Like, oh my God. And that vulnerability is really, man, you know what? Actors are you have cool. to be vulnerable. Actors are cool. <laughs> cool. They really are. They, they're you know, hard. there's, it's hard. yeah, it is a very, very difficult business and fulfilling if you allow it to be mm-hmm. on any level while you're, if you're getting paid for it or not. Right. And it's artistry, and artistry doesn't always equal money. No. 
but it does. And it's equal. okay to go for money too. I want to yeah, say, I mean, I used to, when I got out of college and I remember I went to Sarah Lawrence and I went to school with kids who said, I would never, ever do TV. I would never do commercials. Well, I, I had to support Ugh. myself. So I did whatever paid me mm-hmm. other than if it was compromising something for me, I did it. And it was later when I started working and I saw those same people who weren't because they were so proud and yeah. whatever. Well, they were making judgments. Yeah, they were. And you know what? Everything I've ever done, everything. I did a soap opera when I was in New York. I learned so much. I had yeah. to be on the moment. How do you be real in that moment? Yeah. That dialogue's not something that maybe I feel and connect to. Well, how am I going to make that work? Because nobody cares what my process is. All they care is are the results. So mm-hmm. I need to be really true to my work. And it's... I, I have to say it's um, there are times I feel really like I'm right there and mm-hmm. other times when I'm like oh I should just be leaving I'm not. <laughs> how do you take care I'm... of yourself in the room though when that happens do you go back to thought of the character do you laugh do you um, do put a physical behavior in to get back on track because taking care of yourself in that audition room is everything yeah I think that um, well hopefully I've done that work before I go into the audition room but so, sometimes right. it happens. And sometimes it happens, and I have to also just know it happens. Yeah. Sometimes I have to know that doesn't define me either in that moment. You yeah. know, we do, uh, I think every time I've worked, even on things that I knew were small, and I think, well, maybe something will come from that. You know, there's mm-hmm. always hope. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We live in mm-hmm. hope mm-hmm. As, uh, dreamers. as actors. Huh? Dream, dream, yeah. dreamers. Yeah, dreamers. But, but that's dreamers, okay. we're creators. Yeah. That's what happens. But... Um, so I think I always, you know, have that kind of hope or whatever. So if I don't do well, then I'm like, God, I can't believe it. Sometimes I'll say, can I just do that again? But if I do that, I know that I better really be committed that second time. Correct. Because now it looks like... You better be better. Well, right. <laughs> and so I better really have done my work again. Because if I couldn't hook into it because I was nervous the first time, I better hook into it the second time. And I sometimes I find that when I'm feeling a little lost, I... I've made my choices, but sometimes I'll ask a question mm. because sometimes I need to. I need somebody to give me feedback in a different way than I was thinking, just to get out of yourself for that right. one second. Because that moment makes me really consider what they're saying. You know, look. As we get older, I think. I mean, I hope, but I I breathe more. Mm. I, I I used to hold my breath. I used to have like a barrel chest mm. when I was younger, and. Um, because I held my breath, everything was up oh, here. Oh, wow. So it took a lot for me to understand that I had to breathe. Usually in my most fearful moments, that's where my best work will come if I release. Yeah, and everybody. Right. And, and But release. we think that sometimes that in those intense moments, you want to hold on, right? You got to hold on that feeling. <laughs> and that's, you know what? It's actually... The feeling's still the, there. Yes, and sometimes it's the surprise response, yes. right? Where you 100%. think it's power and it's like, oh, it's not. It's the most yes. vulnerable. I mean, I can't decide that you know I can decide what I'm trying to say and what I want to get and what I you know what's going on and how I feel but beyond that I and that is the great exciting part and the scariest part is truly being in the moment it is the hardest but the way you get to that moment though is by doing all the homework right and then letting it all go right and then to be. be there Okay, let's close out with give me three things to actors, something inspirational, something that we can look forward to in your, um, what's coming up next acting-wise or presidency-wise or things to look forward to for an incredible, amazing 2020 ahead, which I feel like is going to be an amazing, amazing year for all actors for and all artists actors. and for e- equality and just so much more opportunity. So that, give me I love it itself. Yeah. That's beautiful. So I hope that's true. I think that... Um, 
it, there is a lot of exciting stuff. There is more programming going on now than ever before. And I think that, so there are opportunities out there. People should be self, also, this is an incredible time to make your own uh, products. Yes, I mean, tell. I think that it's, we are allowed to be our own storytellers. And, you know, even in our union, we have contracts now that are not cost prohibitive, that people can really hire professionals to come in to work and self-create. Don't mm. wait for somebody to discover you. You are brilliant. You are, we are storytellers, yes. all of us, and you have something to offer. Tell your story. People, there's a million outlets for that story to be seen. And I would say, go for it, go for it, go for it. We have our iPhones now, which do great filming. Yeah, there's we so don't, many It's ways. not so expensive anymore. I was just with Jason um, Blum the other day, and he talked about, you know, he was tired of the studios and how they did things. And he really went and committed to what he wanted his truth to be. And it turned out successful for him mm. because he really committed to that. And I would say to everybody, there is no right way. And when people tell you that doesn't work, you know, that's not what we do. They don't know what we do because we don't know what we do. We are evolving. Yes. And you can be the creator of the future. You can decide what you want it to be. There will be a following for you. So that's what I would say to everybody out there. Live in the yes. Go for your dreams. Everything is possible. It's hard. You have to be willing to fail to rise. And, um, go and then for it. go for it, man. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. It's been a, such a pleasure to have you. Such an inspiration. Stay courteously aggressive out there. And um, we'll see you again soon. See you again soon. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.